Thanks for joining us today for the Post Traumatic Faith Podcast, a place where trauma, hardship, and challenge meet faith and hope for the future. Here is your host, Jill Riley. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. Season three has arrived. I am so excited to share with you this season new guests, new topics, and some great conversations. So tune in every week on Fridays. We will have a new episode. Also this season, we will celebrate our 100th episode. So stay tuned for that. Just happens to fall on my birthday, October 28th. So we will have a big celebration. Thank you so much for joining us. And here's today's guest. Welcome to Post Traumatic Faith. This is Jill Riley. And today from the Space Coast of Florida, we welcome Kara Adams. Hi, Kara. Hi, Jill. How are you? Good. What is life like in the Space Coast of Florida? Life in the Space Coast of Florida. Well, I just really love where I live. It's a a special and unique place. Um, We are obviously on the coast or on the ocean. So we are surrounded by water. and if you're a water enthusiast, fishing, surfing, biking, kayaking, you know, swimming, all that stuff, then you will enjoy that. Um, but we are near uh, NASA and SpaceX. So uh, we just have the privilege of getting that little update on our phone that says a rocket's about to launch. We walk outside, we see a fireball climbing the sky. And then um, a few minutes later, you hear it. So you see it and then it takes a little while until you hear it. And it kind of just shakes your doors and and your windows and stuff. My husband would would be in heaven. He would think that was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) It is. It's so cool. And then you'll just be going about your business and something might come back into the atmosphere later. And it's like, boom, (laughs) oh. Back. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Kara. Kara has been a teacher for over 20 years. She's an active member in her church and faith-based communities. She lives with her husband, Stanley and daughter Gleason. Kara is passionate about young children and leading them to know and love Jesus. How long have you been working with kids? Has that been your whole life? Uh, pretty much. Yes. My whole life. Um, my, you know, I, I went to school for teaching. So I've been teaching as soon as I got out of college. I've been teaching over 20 years, like you said. <clears throat> and um, yeah, I, I spent most of my career with uh, kids with special needs. Mm-hmm. Um, just really have a, a heart for them. I mean, that there's a ministry in that. And um, uh, when I was in public school for a long time, for years, I w- was working with an organization called Dove Bible Club, and we did uh, Bible study at public school. So it was really okay. exciting to be a part of that. Um, and it was funny because they wouldn't let us use the inside of the building to teach. Right. So we'd be huddled outside in the Florida heat. Um, but, you know, so many kids came out and, um, and they were just hungry for uh, the word of God and their parents might come too. And it was just a really blessed experience. 
when I was in high school, I started a um, Bible club and, uh, yeah. and that was in 1986 and they, the teacher or the principal told me that I couldn't call it a Bible club, but I could call it something generic. And they ended up calling it um, students connecting with common problems or something yeah. like that. It was something right. really, really odd and long, but, um, but they did allow us if we had a sponsoring teacher, they did allow us to meet inside. So, um, but that was, that was kind of rare then. And then things have changed since then. That's for sure. So where did you grow up at? I uh, grew up all over the place. My father was military. So we traveled to different bases and bases and bases. And that's how we ended up here at the Space Coast, because um, what's now called the Space Force um, used to be called the Air Force. <laughs> and um, so we were at the Air Force base that's a couple miles from my house um, is now called Space Force Base. So I and is that where he places. worked? He did. And he retired um, in this area. And I've lived in here most of my life. I've lived in the Space Coast. So what and job I, did he have? He was, uh, um, he's an engineer. Okay. Very yeah, cool. And like, in fact, this area that we live in is extremely technical, um, because of the space, uh, industry satellites and Homeland security, national defense. I mean, this is a very techie place, like, you know, borderline Silicon Valley kind of, <laughs> Interesting. of, the, of the industry mm-hmm. industry. Yeah. I have two kids that are air force and, uh, Air Force has been has been good to them. They're flyers. They started out as linguists in the Air Force. So oh, awesome. Um, airborne linguists. Yeah. Yeah. So the Air Force is we've learned a lot about it since then. So <laughs> yeah. It's a well, whole different world go- military life. Yes. Did they get to go anywhere exciting yet? Um, Kadena, they were in um they were in Japan and um okay. my son-in-law was in Qatar. And uh, then they were stationed in, um, they did all their language school in, in California, of course. And then they've been to Texas. And now they live in Omaha. They're all over the place. Oh, yeah. That sounds so, about right. You know, yep. you're like far, far east and then middle of the state. The yep, exactly. Right. So um, tell me a little bit more about growing up, growing up Air Force. Yep. What was that like for you as a kid? Um, you know, here now I'm going to get a little sad about it because. Uh, I did enjoy seeing different places and um, I definitely got to fly in, in a lot of little airplanes when I was a kid and stuff, <laughs> but I, I didn't have roots, you know, and I didn't have like the family around me, like parents, uh, grandparents and cousins and things like that. And so I always felt um, lacking in that way. I just was always mm-hmm. missing and I'd see other kids I have with their, their families around them and, um, you know, the things at school and, and just, I just did not have a lot of family with me. And so I always felt bad about that. And then we were always visiting my, my parents, uh, grew up in Connecticut and basically the same town. And so all of their families were there. They had the complete opposite of my life. You know, they grew okay. up with, with tons everybody of there. Yeah, in a small town, and then they couldn't wait to get out. They're just like, "Get us away! We've had enough family. We've had enough small town." And but we've always had to go visit for every summer vacation, every holiday break. We had to go visit, and that was really, really special because I did get to go see my grandparents. And your cousins are the best playmates during those times. And mm-hmm. um, 
I would get to go visit and do all that. But that was every vacation for me, you know, as a kid, I was seeing my, my family. Yeah. yeah. So how did you um, come to know the Lord? Were you raised in a Christian home? No, unfortunately not. No, I was not uh, raised that way. In fact, I would say like, I wasn't the happiest kid. And I don't know that we were the happiest family. It was just kind it's kind of hard um, to move around all the time and to have to always make new friends and mm-hmm. find a new place in life. I mean, my dad always had his job with the service, but my mom would always have to, you know, pick up and find something new and we'd have to start new schools. And I, 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 I definitely think that I was just um, getting a little depressed as a, as a kid, especially when I hit those like preteen years. And I was really good at school. Like academics came easy to me. Um, I liked school. I would say school was my home. It was my happy place. It was my comfortable. I could just you know sit at my desk and read my books and get my mm-hmm. A's and and I do well at school. And that's probably how it ended. I ended up being a teacher. But I um other than that, like I struggled. I didn't. I definitely don't have like a wall of trophies. I didn't have my sport or my instrument or something that I did. I didn't really have the extracurricular, the social life. Um, so for me personally, and I think my sister, oh, I have a younger sister that was a lot the same that we just got unhappier and unhappier and um, got into trouble. You know, mm-hmm. started we get those teen years and we just started getting into trouble. I was always a good student, but you know, a lot of other things I did just were not cool. And um, I was the older one. Then my sister was like the, the follow at, following act that was just like, okay, mom and dad, you thought you, you thought you had it tough with Kara, but now you've got number two. <laughs> <coughs> and um, I think that and my sister, um, she got uh, pregnant when she was 16 in high school. And I think this was just, one of those come to faith moments in my family. And I think a lot of people probably have that, that hit bottom rock mm-hmm. bottom point that brings them to their knees and their eyes to heaven. And um, it, it, my sister was the one who came to the Lord first and she, she was 16 and pregnant. She was in groups and helps and different, uh, different uh, people helping her um, that led her to the Lord. And then um, she, got my parents involved and it was just one by one. I mean, it was first my mom and then my dad and then me and I'm in college at this point. <laughs> and, um, I, 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 it took a lot of convincing to see my parents, you know, just start being very, very different and talking very, very different. And, mm. um, you know, their, their behavior changed and, um, their, their habits and they started going to church and, just everything was so much different. And um, I, I just, I think it took a lot of conversations, but I can remember one day that I was standing in the kitchen with the kitchen um, with my parents. My mom was kind of arguing with me almost about, about not believing. And it had something, I, I remember my question was like something like, what about the dinosaurs? <laughs> that was my argument. Mm-hmm. It was like, <laughs> Uh, if this is real, then explain to me the dinosaurs and stuff like that. And my mom's like, what about, what about the dinosaurs? Like, that makes no sense. and has nothing to do with the gospel. 
and I was, that just that was it for me. It clicked in my head. I'm like, yeah, that really has nothing to do with it. And it, and it all made sense. Like the Lord went into me that moment in the kitchen, and I was really hung up about dinosaurs. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was, and that was when I was in college. And at the same time, I was going to be a teacher. And I even in college, I didn't have a whole lot of direction. Like I said, I wished I had my sport or something like my scholarship or something that just kept me out of trouble, but just kept me passionate about something. And I remember, um, you know, when you're in college, you take those tests that like, this is aptitude. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like what, well, this, this is what kind of career path you might want to do based on your skills and stuff. And it said, number one, clergy. And I was like, well, I didn't even believe then. I wasn't even a believer then. I was like, I'm not going to be a nun. I'm not a nun. And and the second one was teacher. And I was like, okay, well, this makes sense. I could do this. I love school. And and I always think about that now because I feel more and more like, gosh, clergy might have really been it. Like the Lord knew something back then that I didn't, you know? Um, but you know, teachers yeah. have access to um, to students and to lives and to parents that ministers will never get. And um, good point. And uh, it's very it's very difficult. And I think especially, I was just doing a seminar on um, mental health and and the church being able to uh, minister to people who are um, maybe different than the quote normal. And so, students with special needs, especially, are um, there's not a, not a lot of places for them in the church, and there's not a lot of places for them to feel comfortable and for their needs to be met, for their parents to feel like they're accepted, that can be a really challenging place. So I just really, um, just really feel like your choice as a teacher just opens additional doors to your ministry. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel like either way, though, God was going to do this work and that he, (laughs) that there's just been no doubt in my mind, like this, this is what I was supposed to be doing, you know, at least for that point in time, that was, and, and now like, that's what I was supposed to be doing. So in your work with um, special needs students, did you work with younger students or did you work with IL classes or who did you work with? Yes, most of my career has been with um, elementary students. So mostly the ages of like five to eight, like kindergarten through third grade, the really crucial primary years where they're Absolutely. learning to communicate, especially. Um, and um, so it, it, it was such a sweet time. Um, just helping those students and finding their, their, the little disconnects that I could spend enough time with them and see where the disconnects were and then trying to accommodate and compensate for those disconnects. And there were so many little success stories over the, over the Mm -hmm. years, you know, that just, it's so rewarding in itself. There was just so many um, success stories I, I think you made, you made a great point by saying that we just, the teachers, we just have access to a lot more that's going on mm-hmm. than maybe a children's minister or a pastor might. Um, and uh, it was great when my special needs could overlap with my Bible study. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. So when did, um, when did those things merge like your faith and your teaching, when did they merge to become, um, children's ministry with Kara? Okay. Well, (laughs) sorry, I'm just really dry today. 
when I was, uh, when in, in 2013, I went on um, a mission trip. And this mission trip, I spent a lot of time in some third world uh, orphanages. And, um, you know, I could see that, that the orphanages, uh, they put a lot of their faith in academics. I mean, they put a lot of like stock in academics. Mm-hmm. So they really tried that. Um, the spiritual side, not so much. And um, so I got to go and talk to these, to these children. I could just see how needy they were, how much they, these are the neediest people in the world, the most vulnerable mm-hmm. people in the world, these, you know, impoverished orphans. Um, and I just could see just how much they really needed the Lord more than they needed any facts or mm-hmm. any history or, you know, even reading, you know, as much as we treasure literacy, it was just, they really needed the Lord more than anything because they were just lonely and they had a long road ahead of them being impoverished orphans. And so that was one of the biggest moments uh, for me where I'm like, well, I'm going to be doing something with this. This is going to be a big part of my life one way or another. It's children. It might be orphans. Um, you know, it might be all of that. And then come to find out that I, that there is a modern day orphanage two miles from my house. It's a group home um, Mm. for, you know, for kids with that, uh, that they don't have their parents right now. Most of them may never get their be with their parents again. It's a very different situation here in the States though, because for them, most of their parents are unfortunately incarcerated. It's not so much like in um, not so much that way in third world countries where it's, it's just the unfortunate of, a lack of medicine of, of people. Right, their really parents are gone. Yeah, their parents are yeah. literally gone. They're real orphans. Um, right. Anyway, and those students, I, I, I were, I still work with that group home today. But those students went to my uh, to the school, the public school that I worked with. A lot of them had special needs. A lot of them were going into my um, Bible study at school, and so it just it's just one of those things where the Lord just kind of kept handing stuff to me. Like here, there's, you see this and you see this, I mean, we're going to, we're going to put all these things together. Now, do you see what I'm doing? Start to come up with the ideas here, start to make things happen. <laughs> and, um, so then, um, that was, that was going great. I, uh, got blessed with, with, uh, being a mother. So I had mm-hmm. my daughter and being a mother, that changed everything. Uh, of course, that changed everything, and, but I mean, intensified it even more so, you know, mm-hmm. even more than I wanted to do for other children. I just wasn't in public school anymore at this point. I no more. Um, I'm not working full time anymore and not in public school anymore. So I, I had her and, and I started working part time in a faith based school, which mm-hmm. I still am. And I love it. I love where I work. And she's there now with me. She's in the preschool program there. <clears throat> but that community um that that i'm with there they really just give me the support system to um do so much more i i i that's when i started the the, um, mother-daughter bible study Mm -hmm. so like you were saying how uh, teachers have more access i mean with a mother-daughter bible study it was the the parents and the child are learning together. It's not so much, you know, you send your kid off to Sunday school or you send your kid off to regular school, but we're learning together. And the goal was to um, 
to really give them catechism, to really give them Mm -hmm. to be able to defend the faith and answer any kind of tough question, maybe even help evangelize other children or other adults for that matter. Um, and create this community that we, I, I just feel is just absolutely necessary. Something I just really want for my daughter, that she has this group of girls and we have this group of women, um, much like for Timothy in the Bible, mm-hmm. it had his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice, that were strong in their, in their uh, generational faith and passed it down to Timothy. Um, and I just wanted to create this community. And so, and then within that, we do trying to do outreach um, here locally and the kids also, they bring their, their offerings um, to the, to, to our meetings and the offerings go to ah, my, my uh, ministries that are taking, that are uh, taking care of orphans on the other side of the world, actually. That's amazing. You know, they say that um, the most influential person in a child's life is the um, the same gendered parent. And I think it's so important that not only as a mother that you see that, but that you surround your daughter with other women that could be a resource later in life. And, um, you know, my children have always had a number, besides aunts and grandparents, they've had a number of women in their life that it's like, if you can't talk to me about something, or if you're worried about something, here are a list of other people that are ready and open to talk with you. And I think that's such a treasure and such a gift that you're giving her. Absolutely. So, So you have had a cancer journey too recently, right? Yes. Um, see my hair is still growing back here, but, um, so I was teaching part-time and my daughter was in preschool and I was, I was, uh, I was really trying to, um, go for baby number two. And, um, I kept having all these problems and all this pain. Oh my goodness. And then it was COVID and it just seemed like this such a, a dark time, um, that when I got the diagnosis that I had cancer and I had stage four cancer, it was, it was kind of a relief. I, w- I was, I was glad to have um, an answer, mm-hmm. and um, and I just knew like the Lord was going to use this for something great. Like I know that mm-hmm. He does not waste our pain, and He uses, lets us use our pain to glorify Him. And I just knew this was okay. I can't wait to see what's on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. I know what this kind of cancer was it? It was uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, which is uh, you know a blood cancer. I think your mm-hmm. you your your daughter had uh, leukemia, right? So, My daughter had leukemia at two and a half. Yes, she had ALL. That's that's, uh, um, that's what my mother has as well. Mm-hmm. She, still, she still deals with it. Um, anyway. So I I had my um I got my diagnosis. I knew it was going to be a rough time of treatment, but I was, I was really um, just uh, hopeful in the Lord that this was going to be okay, that I was going to get through this. And even if I didn't, I was going to use this for something for him. And I was going to glorify him because that is our whole purpose on mm-hmm. this earth is to glorify him anyway. Um, and I had a three-year-old, <laughs> so I knew I had to I had to survive for her and for her sake. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her to see this experience. I wanted her to see my reaction to this experience. I mean, I think that um, 
you know, they, we, they just absorb almost more absolutely. Than, they, than they hear, you know, they, absolutely. So I just, I wanted her to see my reaction to cancer. I wanted her to see my faith um, at work that I was thanking God for my cancer. I was um, in prayer and in um, hope all the time that, that I wasn't going to, the fall, I wasn't going to fall apart and um, be uh, stuck with the, with the, with self pity. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. um, I definitely had some dark days where I had, you know, had to just be in bed and, and I couldn't, I couldn't see her and talk to her and do the things that I, I wanted to do with her, but I wanted her to see my faith was strong throughout of all, through all that. And that God was faithful throughout all of that. Absolutely. And, um, so what kind of treatment did you, did you end up receiving? Did you have <laughs> chemo and radiation or just, um, just chemo? They said radiation. It was, it was, it was too far, too far gone for radiation for me. So I just had to have chemo for six months. And, um, and then, then I was blessed to be in remission after that. I just had to deal with the chemo and, um, you know, not being able to work, not being able to be, uh, there as, as a wife and, and, and mother so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really blessed with so many people just pouring into me. Like it, it blew my mind. Um, the friends that, showed up and the friends that I made, all kinds of new friends came out in support of cancer, you know, um, it, it just really blessed me. The Lord was so good to take care of me through all that time. That's amazing. And so you've started writing, is that correct? Yes. Yes. So, um, I've, I've kind of always wanted to be a writer. Um, my first thing that I ever got published was in a, um, a, a local surf magazine and that was maybe 20 years ago. And then ever since then I've published different things in little local magazines like that. Um, nothing, uh, spiritual, just mm-hmm. local things, bands and, uh, articles and that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I, I had my daughter. I also started teaching online. I started teaching uh, adults to be teachers. So, um, oh, interesting. You know, yeah, um, online uh, uh, certification program. So I started teaching for them, and I probably wrote about uh, ten or fifteen different um, textbooks, online textbooks, for the company that I work for. And uh, I was like, wow. I, I definitely have realized that the Lord has given me these gifts. I enjoy this part. I enjoy writing. What I really want to do is, is write for children. And I want to really want to do is write for you, for the Lord, you know? So when I was sick with cancer, I, I said, uh, if I, I, I want to glorify the Lord. I'm going to write a book for him about him for children. And so I did, I wrote it. Um, I had it published and so um, now it's been on sale for a few months. And what's it called? It's called "If God Was a Kid in Your Class." <laughs> cool. See that? Yeah. And where is it available? It is. I'm trying to get it on my there, but I can't. No. It's available at uh, Amazon.com, Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble. Um, I have a website, it's kara-adams.org, and it has um, all the different links there as well. 
And I've just been really enjoying going around to different schools and churches and other organizations. And I get to uh, read my book and I tell the kids my story, especially my cancer story, um, and let them know um, how I developed the book because it really comes from their questions. It's comes mm-hmm. from my career of all of their questions. They want to know more about God all the time. Their questions about God are great. I couldn't even answer everything in this book because it's a children's book, but right. uh, they um, they inspired it, and um, so I really I'm just I'm just so blessed that I get that I got to do this for the Lord, and and now that's I get to wonderful. Are there more books in you? Yes, um, my second manuscript is already uh, been submitted and is in the works, and that one is called "If Jesus Was a Player in Your Game." Love it. <laughs> That's great. Well, Kara, it has been really great to talk to you. And I just, um, I just am grateful for God redeeming um, the pain in your life and, um, and some of the loneliness and the struggles and all of those things for his glory and for his kingdom. And so I thank you for being an instrument of, of peace and of his love and of his grace in, in your life. Well, thank you so much for having me, Jill. And thank you for all you do. I mean, you can tell that you're also just gifted by God and that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing to glorify him as well. Your podcast and I'm sure many other areas of your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, well, you have a great day and thank you for spending time with us today. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you would leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. You can find Jill at JillRiley.com, on Facebook at JillRiley.Author, Twitter at JillRileyAuthor, and Instagram at JillRiley.Author. Also, feel free to send Jill an email at Jill at JillRiley.org. Thanks for listening in and have a great day.